made by Jaguars fans for Jaguars fans. This is the Real Till Podcast, the official podcast of Jaguars Reddit. Hey everyone, and welcome to episode three of the Real Till r slash Jaguars podcast. I'm JC, and I'm joined again, as usual, by my co-host, Kromatos. Yeah, what's up, guys? We have a nice special guest for our uh, episode three here. Uh, you might find him on the sub as Mr. Freer. Uh, Freer, if you want to go ahead and introduce yourself a little bit, and then we'll get rolling. <clears throat> All right, um, so, so yeah, we'll go ahead and uh, start the uh, train here. Uh, big news this week, uh, as far as Jacksonville Jaguars go, the biggest I would say would probably be the uh, Lambo extension. Um, hopefully, keeps it up. But uh, what's thoughts? Kicking is like the one position in the NFL where location and your state of mind has like a massive impact on your ability. And I think he probably was just like a dog shit kicker for the chargers because they had so much expectations, but he came here, you know, he showed out and now he's got all that confidence behind him. And I don't see that changing until he gets to the point where he's like old enough that he can't really kick anymore. Yeah, I agree. Um, I think he's, uh, well, like you said, as soon as he came over, uh, right off the bat, he was, you know, miles ahead of what we had before in Jason Myers. And honestly, Josh Lambeau is worth every penny that he's getting. Uh, according to these contract notes, this contract is his total guarantee is six million five hundred, including a three million five hundred signing bonus. Yeah, and, and just so much, it's like getting a good kicker in the league. Like, if you have a good kicker, like, you just don't let him go. If you let him go, I mean, it, it just, same situation. Crazy enough, like, how it's actually happened with Lambo. Like, we got him because Chargers let him go, and he just turned around. Confidence is such a key with kicking. Um, and I think down here in the Duval, he just somehow got it back. He's been absolute money for us. Um, ironically, the well, guy when you think go, about it. When you're a kicker, like, you don't make that much money, so you're not losing, like, a massive contract. When you get fired from a team and you go somewhere else, it's like you've got nothing else to lose. So you may as well just fucking ball out. And if it works, congratulations. You're on the team. And if it doesn't, well, you're back where you started. Yeah, and really, the past couple of years, there's been a big... A void, really, since Scobie left? Yeah, uh, really. I mean, we had... We had Jason Myers, and we all know how the Jason Myers experiment worked out. Yeah, and I mean, the thing with Myers, like, dude could literally kick a 70-yard field goal, no issue. It's just you don't know which direction that some bitch was going. And if it was under 25 on a PAT, it was a 50-50 shot. And especially the, the last couple of years with so many kickers like Boswell – you know, those kickers who have been good previously are just turning to shit, and kickers are missing extra points at an exponential rate now. More kickers are missing field goals. So it's really comforting having a guy like Lambeau here. He's still young in you know, relation to how long these kickers stay in the league. He's 28 years old right now, 
when this contract is up, this new contract in 2022, he'll still only be 32 years old. And we know guys like, um, it's like the guy, Vinatieri. Uh, yeah, Vinatieri, he's, I don't know, probably 60 years old now and he's still kicking bombs. So uh, we're, we're in a good position with Lambo right now. And, and like Freer said, I don't see him anytime soon with his level of confidence that he's gained in Jacksonville. I don't see him falling off anytime soon. So I'm, I'm happy he's going to be around for four more years. And he's got like a top two haircut in the league. <laughs> That's true. He is a sexy man. <laughs> that mustache, I, yeah. You know, the other thing about Josh Lambeau versus Myers is that uh, Myers, even if he kicked it right, he had basically no control over where he was going to put the ball. So it was a touchback every time. But I feel like with Lambeau, he's not as strong in the old leg department, but he's got way more control. Yeah, his accuracy just significantly better um seemed funny i think there was like a uh there was a post on the sub about the uh, 20 most accurate kickers um and how they relate to like one score games and shit um and lambo's up there and jason myers like in the fourth quarter is just like just trash but also okay. also yeah. i do want to mention Josh Lambeau also has the greatest celebrations of any kicker i've ever seen his celebrations, the knee slide and, and the arm thing, like, <laughs> yeah. he gets me hyped. He kicks a field goal. I don't care if we're down by 20. Like, those celebrations get me hyped, you know. For sure. And, you know, the team always does it with him there. Um, and we always get to see uh, good old Calais. We always see Calais dancing with him there. And uh, speaking of Calais, looking like he will be back next year. Um, along with uh, Lorente McRae and uh, Cody Davis. Uh, Calais was probably the big one, at least, that will be getting back. Uh, his play still hasn't fallen off. Um, dude's like 50 now. Um, I think he's actually like 30, 34, 33, something like that. Um, play hasn't fallen off. I'm okay with it. Um, Lorente McRae, good special teamers. Cody Davis, good special teamer. Um, I like I like all the team options we've uh, exercised here. Uh, obviously I'm, I'm really, I'm a really big fan of the Calais option. I'm looking at the, I'm looking at the numbers right now. So Campbell's contract, it was a four year deal worth 60 million. The, the 2019 option bonus is $3 million. Uh, so I think it's, it should be about 12 million plus the 3 million bonus. Which isn't bad, uh, you know. It's only for one more year. If if he's still playing well and he wants to sign on a you know a more affordable contract, then I could see this team maybe bringing him back. But um, w the one thing that stood out to me most looking at these numbers was Cody Davis. His two-year contract was five million two hundred fifty dollars. So the guy's making five and a quarter. And I mean, honestly, he's he's one of those guys when he's he's only out on the field during special teams, and Lorenzi McCray is a captain. So Cody Davis is just one of those guys. I feel like we don't hear his name so much just because he's only out on special teams. The dude's played well, you know, when he's on the field in those, uh, you know, limited number of times. But that that number just stood out to me. And then uh, Lorenzi McCray, his contract was two years, five point five million. 
Uh, I like them all. I think just off the top of my head, based on nothing but memory, didn't Laurentia McRae have a bunch of really stupid fucking penalties on special teams? Off the top of my head, I don't remember. I'm not sure. I don't remember a whole lot about special teams, honestly. Oh, yeah, because you want to forget about them. I understand <laughs> that. I'm just saying I, I feel like he had penalties, and they were really dumb. But then again, we we were shit on special teams for most of the year. Yeah, are, yeah. Do, are they picking up the op- options for McCray and Davis because they're, like, the only good guys on the special teams? Or they're good depth at least. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's it's kind of a thing like Yeah, yeah well I think special teams is kinda of random. I feel like uh with most special teams coast, unless you're dealing with like the top two, you're not gonna really have very many special teams that are just great. Like the Ravens always have one, but then again John Harbaugh is a really good special teams coach, so they're not gonna let it be terrible. Uh but I feel like when it's just kinda of random. So it may not be entirely their fault. Yeah, I, 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 I don't know really off the top of my head like what sep- I mean, I you know what separates a good special teams, but you're looking at a middle pack special teams versus a bottom special teams. I prevent you know less shitty punt returns. That's pretty much all I got. I just these are two names we've seen around for a little bit. I haven't really heard their name, especially like Cody Davis. I haven't heard it. So generally that's a good sign, I feel. But then again, hell, who knows? Uh, I'm, I, I'm, uh, not, I'm not a special teams expert on that. I can tell you actually the difference between a good and bad special teams. A good one is when you hear D.D. Dee Dee Westbrook's name returning the punt, and a bad one is when Rashad Green. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Uh, another another little bit of player option news was ASJ. I guess the Jags uh, let him know that they weren't going to pick up his option. How do you feel about ASJ? And despite the social media posts from a month or two back, are you surprised that they decided to move on from ASJ? I liked him. Uh, I liked his personality specifically. Um, he was definitely a good locker room type guy. At least see what he's seen. You know, like after the season ended, he said something like, "You know, Doug's going to bring us back to, the, or Doug's going to bring us to the Super Bowl." And then, like three days later, he's like, "Well, they're cutting me." Um, so that wasn't really cool. But he just wasn't healthy. I mean, had he stayed healthy, I think we could have seen something else. But you have to you have to play the game to get paid. Yeah. Well, you know they. He 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 did say that on um, Twitter, like they were like he was telling people basically, yeah, they they didn't bring me back. Sorry guys. Do you, and then he asked uh, the nearest like basketball court to his location or something. So that was interesting. But um, I think it is a health issue. I think that they Coughlin specifically likes healthy players, and I don't know if he's like injury prone or anything, but he wasn't healthy this year. I definitely think he's he's got the potential to be what he what we envisioned him to be. I don't think he showed us anything that said that, oh this he's actually just terrible, you know, like the fucking Julius Thomases of the world. But uh, he wasn't healthy, and we only had him on a two-year deal. Um, I it, he had a better chance of coming back than fucking Moncrief. That's for sure. Moncrief played the whole damn season. 
Um, well, while we're on the topic of ASJ and tight ends, we can go ahead and squeeze this in. We were talking just a little while ago before we started about tight ends. And Chromatos, uh, you had a, a little bit of interesting information. You want to talk about that some? Yeah, I was just looking at uh, it. was a post on the sub uh, not too long ago. Um, just a 2019 NFL free agency cheat sheet. Um, and uh, I was just looking through like who we're losing off the top of my head. Scrolled through tight end. We are losing Austin Safarian Jenkins. We are losing James O'Shagasy. And we're losing Blake Bell. So we are losing all of our tight ends. Um, I don't know. Is Niles Paul still around? I think he's around. I mean, if he's our number one no, tight end. We caught him. We caught him. <laughs> okay. Okay. Never mind. I don't know why. Okay, so yeah, we literally have zero tight ends going into next year. No, no, I think I think they brought Koyak back. I don't uh, ever remember hearing him get released. He did get released once, but they brought him back. History shows that this team isn't going to utilize tight ends in their play calling often outside of blocking. So I almost feel that yep. they see there's really no need to spend a couple million bucks on tight ends that you're not going to use when you can have guys like Koyak and O'Shaughnessy. Uh, and another big thing, I think they're going to round two or round three. I think they're going to grab a tight end in the draft this year too. So you, you yeah, get... I'm thinking the same thing. I was just about to ask if this was a deep draft because I've heard yeah tight for for this draft this tight end prospect list is supposed to be a very deep tight end prospects whatever um but it's supposed to be real deep so i mean i i would expect a tight end round one through three somewhere uh, honestly somewhere in the back end as well dude iowa alone has two first round tight ends if that tells you anything like this tight end class is stacked so i fully expect this team to uh, go out in the draft and grab a tight end and then if you bring back if you bring back Koyak and a guy like O'Shaughnessy, who's guys that are going to come cheap and then grab your quote unquote, you know, franchise tight end or your tight end for the next few years in the draft, then I think that's the play you make. I will say this. If they plan on drafting a quarterback and they don't surround him with new weapons, a la the 2014 draft, um, that would be a very strong cause to be just pissed because you can't you can't expect a quarterback to work with fucking nothing. I've been saying it, screaming it, even from the top of my lungs for the past few months. But uh, this offense is not going to function unless we get some offensive weapons. It doesn't matter what offensive coordinator you bring in. You you have to have somebody that can do shit and do it well. And a, a tight end is the what's the word safety net for a quarterback, especially a new one, because they're the easy check down option. They're always fucking big and brawly. So they're not going to get like mossed or anything like that. So I would hope we draft one. And since it's a deep draft, we have two third round picks. I would hope we get like a decent one and not just some fucking nobody, but you know, yeah. So really quick, um, before we touch on that next subject of a quarterback, I actually pulled up our, uh, are spending off spot track for our uh, tight end. So we do have Koyak on, and then we have some dude. I'm pretty sure this guy's a phantom. His name is Pharaoh McKever. Um, never heard of this dude before in my life, but so we actually and, had two tight ends. Interesting note real quick. Um, Pharaoh McKeever, 
His last name is pronounced McKeever. <laughs> you actually know this guy? He he went to my high school. <laughs> yeah, he he graduated from my high school several years after I graduated. Uh, so I didn't know him personally. Uh, my sister did, but yeah, he actually uh, he was actually the quarterback for my high school football team in uh, twenty eleven or something like that. So he bounced around. Well, that's always a good sign. Yeah, that quarterback. <laughs> yeah, he uh, he uh, he went to North Carolina State. He was a defensive in there, and now he's a tight end in the league. He was Jesus on Jesus Christ. Yeah. Uh, he's just a big body dude and they just keep bouncing him around from position to position. But yeah, I guess it was a couple months ago. He signed on as a futures contract. So, Hey, so, uh, moving on to that next topic of, uh, we just touched on a little bit here of quarterbacks throwing, uh, to tight ends here. Uh, thankfully, thankfully, uh, one of the, uh, possible quarterbacks for the Jaguars. I'm putting some emphasis there. Uh, Joe Flacco has been traded to the Denver Broncos. I think they threw like a fourth round pick to the Ravens, um, which if we would have thrown a fourth round pick to the Ravens or Flacco, probably would have called it a life. Yeah, I would have called it a life as a Jags fan and just stuck it in me. Um, No, I get the feeling they weren't even interested. They had the Ravens call and say, hey, you uh – that Flacco and Coughlin said, I wasn't born yesterday. And then they hung up. And then, and then he, and then he greased LA and then they greased LA. So, um, yeah. So that, uh, hey, that's, that's hall of fame, G- future hall of fame, GM Elway to you. Remember he, he got Peyton Manning. So, I mean, that's all you need to know. Yeah. John Elway loves tall quarterbacks, especially tall quarterbacks who can throw the ball really far. Now I'm unsure of Joe Flacco's arm strength at this point in his career. Average. But the, the case Keenum experiment did not work out in the Broncos favor. And that's after um, I don't know, guys like Brock Eisweiler were in and out, and those didn't work out. So none of these quarterbacks have worked out uh, in the in the Elway system up in up in Denver. So they brought in Flacco. He yes, he's a tall guy. He's he has average arm strength, and some people might say he is trash, but uh, he's at least a Super Bowl MVP. And honestly, I think this is going to be a quick uh, one and out year. I think they are absolutely going to draft Drew Locke this year. And Drew Locke is going to be always new guy. I think after next year, Flacco will hit the market and he'll go somewhere else to somebody who's going to overpay for him there. But we dodged a bullet. I will say that. I'm going to, you can call me the Enola Gay briefly because I'm about to drop a bomb on you and it's a truth bomb maybe even a knowledge bomb there are three types of quarterbacks in my mind in the nfl you have the elites like aaron Rodgers, drew Brees, tom brady etc these are the guys that they can turn fucking nobodies into superstars and as long as they have a decent offensive line you're going to the playoffs uh then there's the average guys and this is most of the nfl large swaths of it 
you, that's that's where you got guys like Bowles, Fordle, Bortles, Foles, Flacco, Keenum, etc. You know, you know what I, you know what I mean. Bridgewater, Mariota, Carr, uh, and then you have the bad ones, which I would consider like uh, what's his name, Fitzpatrick, Osweiler, the, the quarterbacks that like there's n- no amount of teaching is going to save them because they they just won't do things like osweiler for the life of him for how fucking tall he is he can't read defenses to save his life so he'll just get fooled by simple coverages etc and the reason this this doesn't make any fucking sense to me is because they have an average quarterback in keenum and you can say that his his season in minnesota was a complete fluke and it might be but i i think that is a, a somewhat reasonable representation of his abilities when he's surrounded by a great team that's playing well. Now, he had a lot of fluky shit happen, and he was lucky and all that, but if he'd stayed there, I don't think he would have been a complete disaster like Foles after that 2013 season. I think it would have been okay. The problem is they took him from that great offense where everybody's making all these catches and shit, and they just threw him into Denver where they had no fucking clue what they were doing offensively. It didn't work, obviously. And so they grabbed somebody with comparable skills who's older and costs more and said, all right, well, this will fix the problem. It's not going to change anything. He's just going to get sacked more because Flacco doesn't know how to throw the ball away. It's just, I mean, it's just that our quarterback situation isn't light years better, but at least we're not going to be stuck with Flacco. I mean, Goodness knows what's actually going to happen with our quarterback situation. We still have. I, honestly, I don't know when the uh, the cuts are going to happen, but I have a feeling we'll have a new quarterback next year. Um, well, on, well, on the topic, real quick, uh, we're talking about Flacco uh, going to Denver and the the Case Keenum experiment there. It's likely that it's likely that Denver's going to be looking to trade Case Keenum. I, I don't see why they wouldn't. So yeah, Denver really has no reason to not trade Keenum at this point. They bring in Flacco, and they gave up a fourth for Flacco, correct? Yeah, that's at least that's what I remember seeing. Okay, so let's if they give up a fourth for Flacco, uh, undoubtedly they're going to draft a quarterback. And my gut's telling me Drew Locke, unless he goes before, uh, you know, before Denver gets on the clock. But Flacco is not going to last the whole year bet on i'm betting like by week eight he'll have fucked up and thrown like three interceptions in a game and they'll just go well that's it's up you're up drew yeah elway will give him a pat on the ass like an awkward one so freer let me ask you first uh say say keenum goes on the market how would you feel if keenum were here in jacksonville that would be fucking terrible because just looking at their abilities uh he's gonna want at least like market money and that's what we're already paying Bortles so you gotta ask yourself do you think that Keenum is better than Bortles and I'm gonna say no because Keenum he just he just isn't he doesn't have the same skill set and I don't know anything about D flip and by the way I coined that you can use it free of charge D flip uh D flip just remember that because it's a lot easier than trying to remember whatever the hell his name is (laughs) I actually, um, I, I put that in our Discord. What the, what the, I actually said of how to say it. D. Filippo. D. Filippo. D. Filippo. That's a shame because I'm not going to use that. 
but anyway, I don't know what his offense is going to look like, but I would wager to guess that um, just just having fucking any kind of film on the two of them, um, Bortles would be better just based off of fucking having a relationship with the wide receivers already there. So if you're planning to get rid of Bortles, there would be absolutely no reason to bring in Keenum unless you are an idiot and you think Keenum is like just misunderstood or something. Okay, so where do you think might be a landing spot for Case? Oh, I think the Giants are going to get him somehow. I think they're going to go after him fucking hard because they know they can't have foals. Um, so they'll, they'll, they'll go after Kate Keenum and they'll call it good because they think that uh, they'll probably make him like Eli's backup and just have him there. And then Eli will fuck up and then they'll be like, okay, well, I guess we got to try out uh, Keenum. Keenum's going to suck too. I have... Maybe I, I I could see him going to Arizona, um, and I mean it, it depends upon what they want to do. Like I wouldn't be surprised if they cut him. If they cut him, I mean he could be a good bridge quarterback. I don't want him, but if, if we're if he gets cut, I mean we'll I'll I would be okay with paying him four million. I don't want to. I prefer not to, but at worst case scenario, if that's what we're looking at, I would be okay with it. But I don't know what they're going to do with him, but probably, hopefully, not here in Jacksonville. He, not an ideal spot for me, but that's I, it at least as far as him. That I goes. think I think he's going to end up in Washington. I think he's going to be the starting quarterback for the Washington. Oh, you don't want to forget about them. Um, I think their only quarterback on their roster right now is Colt McCoy. Since well, uh, I mean only quarterback on the roster that's going to be able to play in 2019 is Colt McCoy. So you, I think you talking shit about Colt 45. Nah, dude, I love Colt McCoy, but he's not going to be starting for the Redskins in 2019. Uh, yeah, that's what you think. I think that's Josh Johnson, Josh Johnson. <laughs> um, you're, you're doubting him until he rolls out there, tosses our touchdowns week one, and just gets up to the podium, puts his dick on the podium and just goes, all right, I'm here. To... <laughs> uh, let's move on from quarterbacks and uh, move on to someone who says he's moving on. Antonio Brown, Pittsburgh Steelers wide receiver. And w- what is his new name? What is he going by now? Yeah, so uh, he said on his Instagram Live, he now wants to be known not as AB, but as Mr. Big Chest. Interpret that how you wish. I have no fucking idea. I don't know what that means, but uh, <laughs> right. Mr. Big Chest. Uh, what, what do you guys think's going uh, on with AB? I know uh, in the past couple of days he met with Rooney, and they still decided, hey, we're going to go our separate ways. So what do you think is going on with AB, and where do you think he might end up? Definitely. I mean, well, number one, he is a, a diva, but I definitely think there's some friction there somewhere with him and Big Ben. I mean, that's the only thing that makes sense. I don't know if it's Mike Tomlin. I don't know if it's Big Ben. I don't know if it's Juju that, you know, taking some of the spotlight. I don't know what it is, but I think the what we're, we're definitely going to see him land in, in uh, San Francisco this year. I think. It, he probably didn't get the amount of 
receptions that he wanted in um, this past year. And as a diva wide receiver, you know, he took offense to that and took it out on Ben. And because Ben is such a, a puerile, like piece of shit human, uh, he probably just started like talking shit about him to the rest of the Steelers, not to his face, mind you, because he's also a pussy. Um, like, you know, you know, when we, when, when they won that game that b- they barely won against our beat ass team, he, he was like, yeah, you know, that's what you get for talking shit. Like he accomplished something and then they missed the playoffs. So I think he probably had something to do with it. And I, I'm certain with them having, um, what's his name sitting behind him. It's only gonna be a matter of time for the oust big Ben too. Like he's, he's a hero in Pittsburgh, but you can only tolerate his, uh, shitty behavior until his stats become equally shitty. But as far as where he goes, um, since he showed preference towards San Francisco, I can imagine he, he probably would prefer to go there. I just don't know if they're going to give him the money that he wants, and I'm sure he wants a fucked. Well, money aside, do you think if he goes to a place like San Francisco, he's going to play any um, – like, do you think he, his play is going to be the same or, or just as good in a place like San Francisco than it was in Pittsburgh with – been throwing up bombs to him all game well money aside i think he he can see the writing on the wall and if he doesn't want money and he 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 wants that super bowl ring and he wants hall of fame credentials just like you know all the guys in his position do he knows shanahan's like an excellent offensive coordinator i think he's better than mcveigh actually so he'll go there and even if he's declining physically and he, he's a technician as well, so he's not all about that like blazing speed. Um, I think that no, his physical condition is less important than how Shanahan's going to use him, and Shanahan can make almost anybody look like a fucking god out there. So I think if he goes to San Francisco, even if they only give him like a a decent sized contract, he's going to be great for them, uh, assuming Garoppolo comes back and isn't complete garbage. I agree. Um, in my opinion, AB is still the best wide receiver in the league, which is, I think he's going to play just as well. Uh, the dude's an absolute beast. Obviously, like Crom was saying, there's a lot of shit going on in Pittsburgh. A lot of factors there. So, where I mean, wherever he goes, he's, he's still going to play like the AB that we've been watching the last few years. I think because he's such a hard worker, um... He's, he's going to be a star that shines brightly for longer than most receivers would. Like, I think in a couple years from now, once he starts hitting that uh, that, that old NFL man age, uh, DeAndre Hopkins is going to fall off. Because he, he relies so much on that physical strength of his. And, you know, Father Time is undefeated regardless of what Tom Brady says. And eventually you can't, you can't just – you'll be facing up against these guys that are coming fresh off the boat. And I feel like, you know, with a guy like Hopkins where he's got to commit pass interference every play, eventually he's going to try to push off of a guy that's just going to go, oh, no, the fuck you don't, and stop him. And then, you know, right then and there, the whole Hopkins train is going to fall off just like it did with Julio. Julio's not old or anything, I'm saying, but, you know, that 2016 season, everybody was jerking him off like he's the greatest fucking thing since sliced bread. And... It's telling to me that since that debate with Julio and AB, 
AB has remained like the the contender for best wide receiver in the league, and Julio is just like, well, he catches footballs for a lot of yards, but he doesn't score touchdowns. AB does. Yeah, he's just a very, very technically sound wide receiver, and that's why he's the best in the game, and that's why he's been the best of the game for the past five years. I don't know when it's going to fall off, but being, you know, he's not, he doesn't depend upon his physicality as much as the other guys. I think that's a good sign for him going forward to where we'll see him play at another high level for another two to five years. Who knows? It just depends upon he his will continue. He will continue to be a great wide receiver against every team except the Jaguars because Jalen Rams, he's got his number and he's got his phone and he calls them up regularly to tell them. I agree. I guess we can start wrapping it up here. Uh, we covered a lot of stuff today. Uh, unlike last week, we actually had a bit of Jaguars news this week to talk about. So hopefully. Yeah, you need to add those timestamps back because I didn't want to watch <laughs> the rest of last okay, make, week. Make sure you put a timestamp of every time Freer talks so that way I'm... everybody knows when interesting parts happen. As far as suggestions go, uh, I know we talked about this in length, uh, JC, and I'm, I'm disappointed to see that you've decided to keep Crom along instead of replacing him with literally anyone else. But <laughs> if you include the timestamps, I will continue to. Well, I appreciate it. I appreciate it. Also, as of this week, we are on a bunch of other platforms. We're on Spotify, Google Podcast, uh, Pocket Casts. And I'm working on getting on iTunes, Apple Podcasts. Uh, we're around on a lot of other platforms, so if if SoundCloud isn't your thing, then uh, you know make sure you check out some of those other platforms. When can we expect your venture into MySpace? MySpace um, next month, actually. I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna instant message Tom on AIM and see if he can't hook me up with a MySpace account. So hoping next week. Uh, you know, they closed down uh, the AOL email servers like last year. I actually made one of those just for fucking funsies because, you know, whenever you'd see one, you'd be very surprised and also a little wary of somebody with an AOL account. <laughs> but uh, I was actually sad they shut those down. I lost some sleep over it. I'm not going <laughs> to. All right. Well, let's uh, let's move on from here and get out of here so I can have some dinner. So uh, uh, thanks for coming on for here. It was nice talking to you. We'll have to have you on again when we get closer to closer to, I don't know, free agency or draft time or something so we can get some good in-depth Bortles talks in. I know everyone's going to be looking forward to it. Well, but, you know, the three of us may be three of the more outspoken uh, Bortles supporters. So uh, I think that's a misnomer because it's not so much about supporting Bortles as just being like, well, can you can you treat him like you would if his name wasn't Blake Bortles? Can you get him a fair shake? And I don't think he got that for the most part. Now, if if you ever wanted to discuss him at like like a you know a pseudo objective viewpoint where you're not considering him as like the personal quarterback, I think that would be an interesting discussion. All right, here we go, Freer. 2019, you're starting NFL. We're going to wrap it up. You're starting NFL quarterback for the Jacksonville Jaguars. Who is it? Uh, no question, Nathan. Close it. I think we take a give him a fit first. <laughs> that's, how, that's how we end the podcast <laughs>